Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. Today I am so excited to begin a new series with you all. I have gotten a ton of feedback that you want to dig in more into the 10 principles of intuitive eating. So for the majority of the summer, what I'm going to be doing is digging deeper into the 10 principles from my perspective as a holistic nutritionist and an intuitive eating counselor. I know many of you are busy mamas whose lives get even busier as the summer warms up with big kids home if you have elementary or middle school or high schoolers and more time spent outside. So I wanted to keep these episodes short and sweet, but super informative to help you move forward in your journey to intuitive eating. I'm Kristen Dovniak, holistic nutritionist and mama of two, and this is the Healthy Balance Mama podcast, where I believe every mama is a super mama, and you deserve to feel like one too, and you don't need to go on another diet to do it. This is a podcast about ditching the diet dogma, embracing intuitive eating, real food, and living healthy, happy, and whole. Just a reminder for those of you who don't know what intuitive eating is, intuitive eating is a self-care nutrition framework developed by dietitians Elise Resch and Evelyn Triboli, who has been my mentor in becoming an intuitive eating counselor that is based on 10 principles and verified over 100 studies now to be effective in helping those that implement the principles become more in tune with their bodies, make peace with food, honor their hunger and fullness cues, and nourish themselves without dieting. It's not the hunger and fullness diet, and it's not a weight loss plan, but a framework to help you develop the skills to eat in a way that works for you. To learn more about the 10 principles, check out episode four, the 10 principles of intuitive eating, where I give a whole outline of all of them. Um, And I'll link that in the show notes for you to go and listen. So today's episode, we are starting at the beginning and chatting about principles one and three, reject the diet mentality and make peace with food. Now, I chose these to start with because I believe it's really impossible to truly implement the other eight principles, except perhaps honoring hunger and fullness, without really ditching diets and making peace with food. So what does it even mean, and why is it important to reject the diet mentality? Let's define diet for a second. A diet is anything that tells us to restrict, remove, track, count, or measure our food in the name of health or weight loss. It doesn't matter if it's marketed for weight loss or as a wellness plan, if it's promising results from restriction, it's a diet. And the thing is that we know by now diets don't work in the long term. Sure, they might get you results in the short term, but it's a myth that short-term plans will produce long-term results. 
I actually wrote a whole post about this on my blog, and I will link that in the show notes, so if you want to read more into it, but here is the Cliff's Notes version as to why we know dieting doesn't work. We know that somewhere around 80 to 95% of so-called successful diets result in complete weight regain within two to five years. So that's about a five, 15 to 5% chance that you will actually succeed in maintaining your weight loss. That's not very good odds. So there was also a, t- a 2006 study done on adolescents, so teenagers with a five-year follow-up that showed that the adolescents that dieted increased in their body mass over their peers five years later. Studies have also shown that focusing on weight doesn't actually improve our health outcomes. In fact, dieting itself predicts future weight gain through changes in metabolism and enzymatic processes, as well as increasing binges and cravings. But weight aside, chronic dieting has been shown in many cases to be more detrimental to health than remaining overweight. It has been shown to have increased risk of premature death and heart disease. The Framingham Health um, Heart Study, which lasted for more than 30 years, showed that regardless of initial weight, those whose weight cycled, so went up and down, had, an, had a higher overall death rate and twice the normal risk of dying of heart disease. And other studies have shown similar results as well. It also changes body fat storage, especially toward the abdominal area, which physiologically speaking is the most dangerous area because it's the area that surrounds our major organs. So even when fat is lost, so is muscle, metabolically active tissue, and fat is eventually regained. So you're changing your body composition, but it's not necessarily in the way that's going to support your health. And one of the studies that I find most interesting when going through the intuitive eating counselor training was the Biggest Loser study. So most of you are familiar with the Biggest Loser study. It was a TV show that was on a number of years ago, and they actually just said that it's coming back and it's been kind of um, reworked as wellness, which is really terrifying because basically what they did is they put these um, different individuals who were at a very high weight and they put them on a very extreme diet. And it was a competition to see who could lose the most weight. And a six-year follow-up of these candidates showed that not only was weight regained post-loss, post-show, but their resting metabolic rate was lowered. So the amount they could eat on a daily basis, even though they gained weight back, was lowered. So they could eat less, but it was easier for them to gain weight back. And they had increased cardiac risk. So they were actually no healthier for all of their efforts to lose weight. I will link to a lot of the studies that I mentioned in the show notes if you want to learn more, if you're a nerd like I am and you want to dig more into the studies. Um, But the whole point here is that there's a lot of evidence pointing to the fact that not only do diets not actually last long term, 15 to 5% chance is not a high chance that you will actually, you know, maintain the weight loss if that's what you're going for. And they don't actually make us healthier. And the thing is that our bodies and our brains are hardwired to react to dieting, to restricting, even those that are less extreme, because our bodies want to be nourished. It's a survival mechanism to fight back against dieting. Our bodies are incredibly intelligent, and they associate deprivation with starvation. When we are depriving ourselves of food, our appetite hormones increase, and our bodies compensate for what they think is starvation by slowing our metabolism, like I was talking about in the Biggest Loser study. 
makes a regain of weight easier and weight loss harder in the future. These are called compensatory mechanisms. And basically what our body is doing is fighting to regain lost weight. Um, And there's actually a study done that this can last for up to a year post weight loss, which is putting us at war with our bodies trying to fight to stay in that that weight loss that we um, that we worked so hard at. So what dieting and restriction of any sort causes is what intuitive eating refers to as diet backlash. Every time a diet fails, so to speak, we deem ourselves the failure and we punish ourselves, usually by veering completely in the opposite direction and overindulging or even binging on the foods that we deemed unhealthy or bad. And we're back to where we started and this cycle continues again and again. And I get it, ditching the idea of diets or restriction can be scary, especially if you want to get healthy, you genuinely just want to be healthier, and you've heard that the only way is by restricting your food intake, cutting out all sugar, not eating any carbs or any of those things. Or you're just afraid that if you stop tracking, measuring, and counting, you'll be lost and just eat all of the things. Well, that's what the research shows dieting does Anyway, we restrict, we restrict, we restrict, and then we eat all of the things. So what are you waiting for? The truth is dieting is a futile attempt at controlling our bodies because it keeps us from truly tuning in to our body's actual needs. It creates disconnect from our body's wisdom. We know the diet won't last forever, so what do we do after? When we are more and more removed from our hunger and fullness cues relying on portions, we don't know how to naturally balance fun foods with so-called diet foods, Um, and we don't know how to live post-diet, and we're stuck in this perpetual state of either dieting or not dieting. And oftentimes we kid ourselves into thinking that we'll continue to eat the meager portions and create habits out of the plan that keeps us so restricted. But the reality is this simply isn't true the majority of the time. And if it is, it's usually because it's turned into disordered eating. So what's the alternative then? If we want to ditch the diet mentality, what is our alternative? Our alternative is principle three. It's making peace with food. Making peace with food means we make peace with all foods. It means taking the guilt and shame away from our food choices and allowing our bodies unconditional permission to eat. We ditch the good and bad labels around food and food becomes neutral. Kale becomes as nutritious as a cookie because each of us, each of them serves us in some way at different times. No one is going to argue that there's a higher nutrient density, nutrient density of kale, but sometimes we need a cookie and sometimes we need kale. And when paired with the other principles of intuitive eating, like tuning into hunger and fullness and eating for physical rather than emotional reasons, making peace with food means we can enjoy all foods without pretense, without moral judgment of our character or worth after eating a food off plan or out of the ordinary. And food becomes enjoyable again. We can enjoy having foods that are a little bit more of a treat because there's no guilt attached to it. And we can make choices that serve us on a daily basis and feel really good without being restricted. When food is enjoyable, making choices that serve us isn't hard because we want to feel good. We're not eating in a certain way, you know, restricting because we were bad, because we had dessert last night, so we need to eat a salad for lunch. Or on the flip side, we're not eating a whole tub of ice cream, even though we know it doesn't feel good, because we blew our diet and we might as well do it. Making peace with food means calling a truce with the fight against food and giving yourself complete 
permission to trust your body in learning what works for you. And again, I know it can be scary and there might be an adjustment period where you do eat all of the things for a while. This is normal and natural and especially if you've been dieting or depriving yourself for a long time or even a short time. But the thing with food peace is that it doesn't last. Food peace lasts, but the adjustment period doesn't last. Once you begin to trust that your body will tell you when to eat and when to stop and that you can make choices that serve you without going on a diet, the desire to eat all of the things will fade away because you can eat all of the things whenever you want to. It's not like you can only eat these treat foods on your cheat day. You can eat them at any time. A Wednesday afternoon is just as good a time for a cookie as a Saturday afternoon. There is no difference anymore. And the same thing goes with, you know, eating a salad. Sometimes you want a salad for dinner. Sometimes you want a burger. But this starts with ditching the diets once and for all. Principle one and making the decision to make peace with food. So let's talk practical steps. I want to leave you with a few practical steps to begin the process of ditching diets and making peace with food. Number one, begin to recognize and push back against the diet mentality. This means beginning to recognize where the diet voices show up in your own head and in other places in your life. These are things you tell yourself and things that you hear in society. Things like, I should eat this or I shouldn't eat this. Getting rid of those shoulds and shouldn'ts. Or, X food is good and X food is bad or even healthy or not healthy. Again, yes, food has different nutrient densities, but food can be healthy for different reasons. Or phrases like, this is the last time I'm ever eating this food. And then what you can do is begin to push back when you start recognizing these phrases, recognizing these voices in your head or in society. You can push back with, my body tells me what I should or shouldn't eat. I just have to listen. Or I am choosing what serves me in the moment. You can also push back with food has no morals. It is not good or bad. Healthy is different for everyone. I choose what foods nourish my body. You can download my Ditch the Diet Dogma worksheet. There's a link in the show notes to utilize one of my favorite resources for beginning to push back against the diet mentality. Basically, it has a list of these type of phrases and then responses. Then you can write your own. The type of things that consistently go through your head or the things you hear a lot in society, like carbs are bad. And, um, you know, you can push back against it with carbs are not bad. Carbs are a necessary part of our diets and I will eat the amount that works best for me. So the second thing going right along with this is to forget the food rules. I want you to write a list of the foods you restrict, consider bad, beat yourself up for eating, or just generally freak you out. Sometimes these are foods that are higher in fat or sugar, restaurant foods, or foods you don't deem clean. These foods that tend to come up when you recognize the diet mentality creeping in. Take note of the rules you have surrounding food, like I can't eat after 8 p.m. or I don't eat high-fat foods. So take this list and start to ask yourself if these rules are actually serving you. This is digging deep here, okay? So ask yourself, how do these rules help facilitate joy and pleasure around eating? Do these rules allow me flexibility in my eating? How do these rules give me space to discover the foods I really enjoy and I really want to eat? 
Are these rules controlling how much, when, or what I'm eating? How are these rules helping me to trust my own ability to regulate the amount of food that's appropriate for me? How do these rules help me pay attention to my own hunger and fullness signals? And most importantly, how do these rules help me become an intuitive eater and live a healthier life? Number three is then to practice making peace with food. Begin by practicing choosing the food that you really want to eat without judgment and then eat it. I know this can be hard if you're still working on that diet mentality and the food that has once been forgiven. Remember, there are no forbidden foods. Food is not good or bad. You will never find what works for you if you don't first allow yourself to eat all the foods and determine what feels good and what doesn't. Friends, I am so excited about the kickoff of this summer series. I hope you found this helpful. Please shoot me an email if you have follow-up questions. I would love to do a Q&A episode at the end of the series answering your questions. And don't forget to tag me on Instagram and Facebook with the progress you're making towards intuitive eating, towards ditching the diets, and making peace with food. I love to hear from you. Remember, I am always here for one-on-one intuitive eating and nutrition coaching. Shoot me an email, chris at healthymamachris.com or head to my website, healthymamachris.com to book a free 45-minute discovery session to decide if working together is the next step in your food freedom journey. Local friends, I am so thrilled to be putting on a two-hour workshop on July 20th with my friend Alyssa Knapp, fellow mama, mindfulness coach, and owner of Integrated Wellness RI called Less Stressed Mama, all about mindful eating, moving, and living for mamas. We are offering this introductory workshop at a special price of $25, and spots are extremely limited, so if you are interested, sign up today at the link in the show notes. Thank you, friends, so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I truly hope it encouraged and inspired you today to live a healthier life without restriction. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you do me a huge favor and give it a star rating and review in iTunes? Every rating, review, and subscribe helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear it. You can find me, Kristen, on Instagram and Facebook at Healthy Mama Chris or on my website, HealthyMamaChris.com. And don't forget to join us in the newly launched Supermama Society, a monthly membership to help you tune in to your intuition and nourish yourself without restriction to live like the Supermama I know you are. As a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are intended for information and inspiration only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friends.